Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Genesis chapter 11. Tonight, uh, I want to talk to you on a few for a few moments on something that I feel like the Lord placed on my heart uh, Monday Monday afternoon as I was as I was thinking about the service tonight. Genesis chapter 11. I want to begin reading at verse number 31, and we're going to go down to actually we're going to read verses 31 and 32. And then we're going to read, we're going to start chapter 12 and verse 1. And I want to share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart tonight. So the book of Genesis chapter number 11 and verse number 31. If you found your place, could you say praise the Lord? Praise the word of the Lord says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, And Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his son Abram's wife. And they went forth from them, from Ur of the Chaldees, to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years. And Terah died in Haran. Now Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, listen to this. Now the Lord had said, I want you to to understand that, the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. I want to talk to you tonight for a few moments on the thought being called to Canaan but you're stuck in Haran. Being called to Canaan, but being stuck in Haran. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, I come before you here tonight, Lord God. I ask you, Lord, that you would help me tonight, Lord God. God, I need your anointing. I need your touch. I need your help here tonight. Father, help me to say only the words that you would have me to say tonight, Lord God. God, I pray that you would anoint your word, that you would bless it, Lord. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church tonight. And Father, whatever cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all, in Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen and Amen. And as you're being seated, look at your neighbor and just tell them, I don't believe that God is calling us to be stuck. Amen. Amen. I don't believe God is calling us to be stuck. I, since all of this, all of this pandemic has started back in 2020, we have just passed, I guess, just what they deemed the year anniversary of of the 14 days to flatten the curve. How many remember the 14 days to flatten the curve? You know, let's all stay indoors and let's all do all this 14 days to flatten the curve. And, uh, and so, but they're still telling us that we've got to wear the mask and we can't get together. And all of, they're still trying. They're still trying to tell us all of those different types of things. And I've asked God a number of times. I've said, God, what, what, what are you doing in the season? What are you? What are you wanting for the church? What are you expecting out of the church? What are you 
wanting the church to do? What, what, what is your plan for the church? Because how many knows that God is still building His church? He told, he told His disciples in the Gospels, He said, Upon this rock I am building my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we know that God is still building His church. He's still working through His church. His power is still working through the church. His anointing is still working through the church. His Spirit is still moving through the church. But I've asked God, God in this season, in this last year that we've been going through, God, what are you called? What, what is your plan for the church? What are you calling your church to do? And I believe that what God is speaking to the church right now, I believe that what God is wanting the church to do right now is He is wanting to call, He is wanting to call His church out and He is wanting to call His church away. He is wanting to call, He is wanting to once again separate us from everything that is hindering, everything that is distracting, everything that is binding us up, everything that is hindering us from doing what God Himself has called us to do. That is why that the, the, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, he would write and he would say, seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he said, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so I believe that what God is wanting the church in 2021 to do and in this day and in this season is to be called out, is to lay aside everything that is weighing us down, to lay aside everything that is, that is holding us back. Have you ever tried to run? Have you ever tried to run when something has been trying to hold you down with extra weight that is, that is on you? That is the reason why runners, when you see them out there on the, on, on the track, you know, they're wearing, and I'm not trying to be immodest here, but that is the reason why they wear so very little. That is the reason why they have lightweight shoes. That's the reason why that they have shirts and shorts and just a t-shirt on. It's because they want as little weight to be so they can be able to run the fastest. And I believe that God in this season right now is calling the church to lay aside everything that is hindering us for His glory. You see, this past season in the midst of a pandemic, I believe that there's many of us that are feeling like that we're stuck. They're feeling like that God has, has, has called us to something. God is wanting us to do something. And, and we, we're, we're thankful for salvation. We're thankful for the fact that God has brought us up out of, our, out of the miry pit and out of the miry clay and out of, and out of sin that he has, and he has saved us. But have you ever thought deep down that God has something greater that He is wanting to do for me? I've thought about that. There have been many times in my own life that I have that I have felt stuck. There have been many times that I have felt like that even though I was saved, and I'm not questioning, I wasn't questioning that. I wasn't questioning the fact that I wasn't questioning my salvation. But there were times that I felt like that I was just stuck in a rut. There were times that I felt like that I was just that I was just spinning my wheels in place. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to overcome that. I didn't know what I needed to do in all of that. I just said, God, there's got to be more. 
more to this. There's got to be more to this relationship with you. God, there's got to be more to what you are calling me to do. God, I feel like that I'm just, that I'm suffocating in the place that I'm at right now. God, what is it that you are wanting me to do? This is what I feel like that God is, is calling us. That God is calling His church to Canaan. What is Canaan? We hear songs about Canaan. But I want to tell you, Canaan is not heaven. Canaan is not heaven. We, we, we've sung songs about the fact that you know when we get to Canaan land and everything and, and all of those different types of things, but how but Canaan actually represents the fullness of everything that God has for His people. You see, when God called the children of Israel out of Egypt's bondage, He says, I'm calling you to a place, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And He told them, He says, I'm calling you to a place where you'll have houses that you didn't build. He says, where you'll have vineyards that you didn't plant. He said, where you have, where you have wells that you didn't even dig. And so they had to go in and they had to conquer the land. So that tells me I don't have to fight for heaven. As soon as I as soon as I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and I put him and I repented of my sins, I was already assured of heaven. Heaven is going to be my eternal home one day. But while I'm here on this earth, while I've got to walk this earth with the Lord, the Lord says there's a fullness that I want you to walk with me in. He says there's some promises that I want you to walk with me in. And a lot of times what I found out is a lot of us in the church today, we're not walking in the fullness of what God is calling us to be. God has called us to something greater, but we are stuck in a place. We are stuck in a rut. We are stuck in a place that it feels dry and it feels barren and we feel weak and we say, God, there's got to be more to this. God, there's got to be something greater. And I want to tell you tonight that there is something greater. That God is calling His church in these last days to something greater. That God is calling the church of the living God to rise up and to say, I refuse to be stuck any longer. I refuse to be dry and barren any longer. I want to walk in the fullness of what God has called me into. If you want to walk in that fullness, say, God, let me walk in it tonight. You see, it's the place, it's the place where God's promises become evident and real in your life. Canaan is the place where you walk in the fullness of everything. Think about what God told the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, if you do everything that I have commanded you to do, and you obey my statutes, he said, I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you going out. I'll bless you coming in. He said, I'll make you the head, and I'll make you, and he said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. So why is it? My goodness, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I, I'm just halfway through. I'm not even into my scripture right now. But why is it that it seems like, why is it that it seems like that we are below and not above? Why does it seem like that we are behind and not out in front? Why does it seem like that we are destitute in everything? Why does it seem like that we are just 
You know how it is. So you, we, we, sometimes when people walk into the church, Sister Sue, we ask them, well, brother, brother, sister, how are you doing today? And they just want to look at you and go, well, you know, I just don't know. I'm just, just trying to make it. I mean, if, I can, if God can just see fit to just get me through today, maybe everything will be all right. Can I tell you that is not the fullness of what God has called for you? God has not called you just to simply just to scrape by. God has not called The Bible says, Jesus said, he said, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I just believe in this house tonight and those that are watching my Facebook that it's time for the child of God to say, I'm ready for that life that is more abundantly. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm tired of the enemy trying to take everything that I have. I'm tired of the enemy trying to make me feel stuck where I'm at. I'm ready to rise up and to say, Jesus, you promised me life and life more abundantly. And I don't have to wait for heaven to have life more abundantly. I can walk in the fullness of what he has for me right now. Can somebody say that? In Genesis, we read where God called Abram, later to be called Abraham, to Canaan. And there was a time that he moved out. But Abraham did not move into the fullness of what God had called him to. Think about that. The Bible says that God had said, Abram, leave it all behind and follow me. We are thankful so much for the fact that God has saved us. Now let me just say this real quick. You can't experience the fullness of God without first salvation. But sometimes we just want to be saved from the penalty of sin. We just want to come to Jesus just so that we don't have to go to hell anymore. And I get that. That's good. That's great. And sometimes we, we start that journey. And we start that walk. And we come out of that stuff. We come out of those things. We come out of those bondages. We come out of those, uh, of those things that hold us back. But while we come out of it, we know we, we don't reach the fullness of what God wants for us. See, can I tell you? See, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. But it was never God's intention for Israel to stay in the wilderness for 40 years. They only had to stay in the wilderness two years. Those two years were a time of preparation. Those two years were a time of getting to know God. Were a time of getting to, to understand that He was a provider. That He was a healer. That He was a deliverer. That He was somebody. He was there banner and so he provided for them he healed them he took care of them but the but but that place that wilderness was not the place that God had called them to he told Abraham he told Moses he told the children of Israel he said there is a fullness that I'm wanting to take you into and God 
fullness of what He has for us. For the New Testament church, what is that? That means, that means that the church ought to be a place where people are being saved. That, ought, that means that the place, that this church ought to be a place where people are being sanctified. It ought to be a place where the church has people that are being filled with the Spirit of God. The church needs it today. I want to tell you, you know how we're going to navigate in these last, in these last days. You know how we're going to navigate in this system. It is not through cute programs and ideologies and stuff like that, but give me a man or give me a woman that will stand up full of the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost and say what you need is not found in a bottle. What you need is not found in a pill. What you need is not found in a joint. What you need is not found in a man. It is not found in a woman. But let me introduce you to a man named Jesus. Let me introduce you to the cross of Calvary. Let me introduce you to sanctified living. Let me introduce you to a Holy Ghost baptism that will help you live right. Let me introduce you to somebody where the doctors say they can't do anymore. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Let me introduce you to somebody where everybody has turned around and walked away and said, I can't do anything anymore. That's when the Holy Ghost shows up and says, let me show you the fullness of what I am about. My goodness, I feel good in this house. It's what we need in these last days. You see, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, God, the Word tells us that God had told Abraham to get away and He wanted to lead him in a place that He needed to go. You see, Interesting thing is, is that Hebrews 11 will later on tell us that by faith, Abraham goes out. And he goes out not knowing where he's going. God just tells him, go, and I'm going to lead you. Well, God, I need the plan. God, I need you to tell me what's going on. God, I need... I need I need step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. I need, I, I, I need you to tell me, I need you to tell me what's going on. But God said about Abraham that Abraham went out and he doesn't know where he's going. Can I tell you what God, oh my goodness, this is not even on my notes. Can I tell you what God, if you don't want to be stuck anymore where you're at, can I tell you what God is looking for? Is God is looking for people that will just follow, walk by Him, with Him, by faith. Now yeah. somebody said, well you're talking about following God blindly. No, I'm not talking about following God blindly. Because following God blindly mean, would, would imply that I don't know who God is. And I don't know about His nature. I don't know about His character. But I know He's a healer. Yeah. I know He's a deliverer. Yeah. I, know that he, I, I know that He's a sanctifier. Yeah. I know that He's a Holy Ghost baptizer. Yeah. I know that He makes a way where there seems to be no way. So He doesn't have to stop by where I'm at and tell me the plan and tell me everything that needs to happen. All He's 
got to do is just stop by where I'm at and say, Jeremy Cook, I've called you to follow me. And because I know what his word has already said, and I know his word has said that he'll never leave me, and that he'll never forsake me, that he'll go with me all the way, that if I need healing, he's going to heal me. If I need if I need deliverance, he's going to deliver me. And I'll just say, okay, Paul, I'll follow you wherever you lead me. And I want to tell you, God said, I believe God is speaking to somebody, and he's saying, listen, you may feel like that you're stuck, but what I'm doing is I'm calling you to a higher level. I'm calling you to a higher plane. I'm calling you to a place where you can see the legit, where you can see the glory of the Lord in ways that you've never seen before. You see, God already had a plan and a calling. And Abraham started to go. See, they left Ur of the Chaldees. They left all of that. But then he became stuck. You see, it, I'm afraid sometimes we're stuck. We just get stuck. What, what will... What, what gets us stuck? Well, fear will get you stuck. Not knowing what will happen will get, you, will get you stuck. Fear will paralyze you. All the what is. Heard a preacher say it one time. He said, if you're looking down the road and there's ten problems coming your way. He said... Nine out of the ten will fall off into the ditch somewhere before they'll ever get to you. But the enemy will have you to focus on all of them. And before you know it, you're pacing the floor at night. Before you know it, you can't get any sleep, even though the Bible says that he gives his beloved sleep. Even though the Bible says that he would keep us in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on him. What does that mean? I, I, you've heard me say this before, but I'll, but, I'll, but I'll say it again. If you don't have peace, it's because your mind is not on him. The fear will keep us stuck. Well, what if, what if, what if this? Or what, what if that? But what I've learned is that God is wanting complete dependence on him. Because the thing about it is, see, Timothy... Had that fear. See, the, the word fear in the New Testament is actually that word timidity. It means to be timid. Timothy, a young preacher, was called to go pastor a church and to proclaim the gospel. But it was probably his first pastorate, probably never had any experience, probably didn't go to seminary, probably didn't do any of those things. And I can understand going, well, why in the world would anybody want to listen to me? Oh, I've been, I've been there before. I've been there in my ministry where I've, where I've heard the giants, where I've heard the giants of the faith get up and speak. And I thought, well, why in the world would somebody want to hear me? Why would somebody want to listen to my preaching? I don't have anything to say. All of these people have already preached all the great messages and everything like that. Why would somebody want to listen to me? But Paul the Apostle told Timothy, he said, Timothy, you may be young, but I want you to understand something. God has placed His hand on you. God has called you. God has set you apart. And the thing that I'm going to tell you is that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. So if you're stuck in a rut of fear and you can't get out into the fullness of what God 
has called you. Like our pastor said at the beginning of the service, why don't you take into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and say you can't live here anymore. Hallelujah. See, people, not only will fear will keep you stuck, but people will keep you stuck. Because the Bible doesn't say that Abraham was leading. The Bible says that terror was leading. And sometimes the company that you keep and the voices that are speaking into you will keep you stuck. Well, I just don't believe God. God wants to do all of that. I just don't believe that God wants that. I just don't, I just don't believe. You know, you know, God speaks to me too. So if God didn't tell me that, then uh, I, I just don't think that that would just be... That would be wise on your part. I don't believe God wants you to be that radical. I don't believe that God wants you to be that boisterous. I don't believe that God wants you wants you to 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 live that to live that radically. And sometimes what'll happen? Sometimes what happen is that we allow those voices to talk into us and to speak to us. See, that's the reason why it's a personal policy of mine. Not everybody's got a right to speak into my life. Not everybody that comes up to me and says, you know what, I got a word for you and I want to tell you something. I want to tell you right now, if I don't know you, you're probably not going to talk to me. Because what will happen is that, is, is that there, there, there are a lot of voices that are out there talking. There are a lot of voices out there that are wanting to lead you. There are a lot of voices out there that are wanting to speak into your life. And you better be careful what you're listening to. You better be careful what is feeding your spirit. Because if you're not careful before too long, you'll, you'll begin to dwell on those things. And it'll keep you stuck. And Tara, the word Tara means... To be stationed and to be delayed. It's the same word, it's the same Hebrew word that is used to describe Israel's wanderings in the wilderness. When the cloud would move and the glory of God would begin to move, you know they were supposed to pack up and leave and follow the cloud wherever the cloud or the fire when it moved you moved when it stopped you stopped and that word terror means to be stationed and what was happening is they would just camp in the wilderness There are too many of us right now. Harvest time, I'm talking to us right now. There are too many of us right now that are stationed in the wilderness. And we're content as long as the cloud is there. As long as we can see some sort of visible presence of God. And we're good with that. But what you've got to understand is that when that presence moved for the children of Israel, all they were doing was going around the same mountain for 38 years. Never making any progress. Never 
experiencing the fullness of what was going on. And there was a delay for 38 years. When we find ourselves in situations where we're stuck, there's always, always a delay. And can I tell you this? And, 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 and Thank you, Holy Ghost. I told somebody this one time. And I said, never miss an opportunity where God has opened the door. Because the opportunity of a lifetime is only available the lifetime of the opportunity. And when God says, I want to bring you into the fullness, oh my goodness, thank you Holy Ghost. I don't want to be the generation that has to die in the wilderness because either by fear or disobedience or whatever the case may be cannot go into the land that is flowing with milk and honey. God did not call me to be a maintainer. My goodness, I feel this in my soul tonight. God did not call me to be a maintainer. There is a greater realm of glory. There is a greater realm of the presence of God. There is a place. I, I don't listen to me, church. My goodness, I feel it. I've got to walk this off. God is not calling the church in this day and in this hour simply just to hang on until the rapture of the church happens. I'm thankful for the rapture. I'm anticipating the rapture. I even say, even so, come Lord Jesus and Lord come quickly. But until that day comes and until the rapture of the trumpet sounds and we're called away out of here, God, Because listen to this, because I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready to unlock something here in just a minute. If you'll just, if you'll bear with me here. Because listen to what verse 30 says in chapter 11. The Bible says that Sarah, or Sarai, before her name was changed. Genesis chapter 11 and verse 30 says, Sarai was barren. And had no children. When you're in the wrong place. And you're stuck. And you're not moving into the fullness. That God has intended for you. Your life will be bare. There'll be no fruit. There'll be nothing that can grow out of it. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. That's the reason why Jesus, as He was walking along, and He saw the fig tree, 
in full blossom. It had the appearance of it being alive. It had the appearance of, of something happening there. But how many knows that God doesn't look on the outward appearance? God always looks at the heart. He always goes behind the scenes to see what is to see what is really going on. And I've listened, and oh my goodness, and I've been in a lot of churches that look like that there's a lot happening. And that there's a lot going on. And that there, that there ought to be some evidence of fruit. That there ought to be something that is ought to be happening. But upon closer inspection, when you turn over the leaf and you begin to look upon it, you see that there's really not any fruit on the vine going there. And all of a sudden, you know what God does to that? God curses it and says it needs to wither up and die because it is not producing what it is supposed to do. Can I tell you, when you find yourself placed in a stuff, position and you're not walking in the fullness of what is going on I want to tell you, you may come to church and you may sing a song and you may hear a sermon and you may lift your hand and say well thank you Jesus and do your Pentecostal calisthenics and go out the door and we don't see you again until next Sunday but can I tell you there'll never be any fruit on the vine, there'll be never, there'll never be any seed that is planted and I've come by to tell somebody in this house tonight that what God is wanting to do is to break you out of that place of barrenness and out of that place where there is no fruit and bring you into a place flowing with milk and honey. Somebody say amen in this house. Cool. So let me ask you this. Why do we insist in staying in dry wilderness like barren places? Verse 32 in chapter 11, Genesis chapter 11 said, Terah died in Haran. Before we can move into the fullness, some things just simply have to fall off and die. Whew. But here's what I'm afraid of. Hang with me because I'm, again, I'm getting ready to unlock something here that is that's powerful. I didn't see this until last night. But... Trek with me just for a minute. Too many of us are trying to move into a land with things from an old season still hanging on us. And what worked in one season, we're trying to take into another season. And God said, You can't take, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. My goodness, thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me give you an Old Testament example of that. In the wilderness, when they disobeyed God, the Bible says that God sent fiery serpents out into the camp and started biting them. And started killing them. And God instructed Moses and said, Construct a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. 
and lift it up. It was symbolizing Jesus. Because in John chapter 3, he would say, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be. So the Son of Man must be lifted up. And he told Moses, he said, what he said, when whoever looks at that bronze serpent, he said, will be healed of their affliction. And they constructed it and put it up on the bronze pole. And they looked and they were healed, and God delivered them. But it wasn't an, it wasn't just a few books later in the Old Testament, you would find out that all of a sudden, a method that God used at one time, all of a sudden the children of Israel were worshiping. And they camped out in a previous demonstration of God's power and of God's spirit. And I, oh my goodness, I, I'm a, I, I, my, my intentions do not make anybody mad. But listen to me carefully. Listen, I, I, listen. I, I know, I know people right now. I know people right now that because that because God because God moved in a certain way in 1942 when Sister Susie Q got up and sung a certain song. Now, we're, now for the last 50 years, we're trying to take that same song and replicate the same move of God in other various places. And God said, you know, maybe it's just that I used it for that time and in that season. But when God showed Saul that what they were doing is that they were worshiping a method and they were worshiping an ideology and they were dancing around the pole. God told the prophet, you go take that thing that I once used and you crush it up and you destroy it. And I believe what is happening too many times is there's too many things that we're trying to take in from one season into the next. But it's got to fall off and die. Can I? Oh my goodness. Thank you. I'm trying to hurry up. Is this okay, Pastor? It's okay. There had to come a time, even for the children of Israel, that the manna had to cease. You see, when they got into the land of Israel, the Bible, in the land of Canaan, the Bible says that there came a point where the manna ceased. And I don't know about you, but we don't do well with change. We don't do well with change. Well, God, I, I, I'm used to getting up every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning and walking outside my tent door and there's manna on the ground and all of I've got to do is just go out and just take it up. And, and then on Sunday when I go out, then I've just got to take, I've got to take double of what I normally took throughout the rest of the week so that I can, so I can be sustained on that day as, as well. And then all of a sudden the manna ceases. And I get, I, 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 help me, Holy Spirit, because I, I, I don't want to meddle. But I just feel a meddling spirit going on right now. But I, sometimes I just hear voices in some churches that will say, you know, well, that's not how my grandmother did it. And that's not how my granddaddy did it. And if, and, and if we can't do it this way, and if we can't sing it just like they do, and if we can't look just like they look, and we can't act just like they act, I just don't know how God is going to move. Tell you it could be that what needs to happen is some things just need to fall off and die. All, all you've got to do is stand up and preach the word. All you've got to do is proclaim Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Preach hell hot and heaven full. What I want you to do is I want you is it's just to stand up and to say this is what thus saith the Lord has to say. As long as you're walking through the pages of this book, I don't care how it sounds. I don't care if you want to stay stationary. I don't care if you want to walk the pews. I don't care if you want to run the aisles. I don't care if you want to sing off the wall or out of the book. All we need is a demonstration of the power and the fullness of God. Yeah. 
There are just some things that just can't go with you in order for you to walk into the fullness of what God wants. But then here I told you, I told you I was getting ready to unlock something. I didn't see it. And if you've, if you've witnessed this before, then you're, you're ahead of the curve then. Because until last night, I didn't see this. Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says that God told Abraham, Abraham, get up out of your kindred, get away from your family, get away from everything, follow me. He said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. He said, in your seed, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. God doesn't do anything by happenstance. Genesis 1 through 11 is all about the creation, the fall, and all those Noah's in there, and all those genealogies. You know, all the stuff we skip over and we don't like reading. You know, this one begat that one, and that one begat this one, and this one had sons, and this one had sons, and this one had sons. But chapter 12 opens up the revelation of God revealing to one man, Abraham, what I'm getting ready to do in the world. And from Genesis chapter 12 to the end of Revelation, all we see is God speaking to people and wanting and revealing Himself in ways that up until that point had never been done before. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. As I was sitting at my kitchen table last night and I was writing this out, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, In these last days, when they let those things that hold them back fall off of them, He told me, He said, It would be then I will reveal myself to them in ways. They've never experienced before. I believe with every fiber of my being in this season what God is getting ready to do is that He is speaking to His church. He is speaking to His people. And He is saying if you will 
allow those things to fall off if you will step into the fullness of what I'm going to bring you into. He said, I will reveal myself in ways not even you could ever imagine. Uh, this is speaking to somebody in this house tonight. And I want to say in this house tonight, you may feel like that you've been stuck. Pastor, would you mind? You may feel like that you've been stuck. But here's what I know. God is looking for somebody in this season right now that is tired of being stuck and is ready to show forth God's glory, is ready to trust God completely. And in that, just like with Abraham, everyone around you will be blessed because of what God's doing in your life. I don't want God just to bless me. I want God to bless everyone that's around me. That's the reason why, you know the reason why that God will tell the prophet Malachi, he said, try me and see if I won't open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. You know what you do when you can't receive all of it? Is you've got to call somebody up and go, hey, I've got just a little bit too much. Let me give you some of what God has given to me. And can I tell you, there's plenty of us right now that are stuck in Haran when God has called us to Canaan. I've been there before. I, I, I've experienced that place before. I've let people speak into me that shouldn't have spoken into me. I've let people drag me down that I shouldn't have allowed to drag me down. And the entire time God is over here saying, hey, there's a place by me. There's a rest by me. You don't have, you don't have to walk around in this wilderness and simply just maintaining and simply just holding on. There's a place over here that is flowing with milk and honey. There's a place over here that I've designed for you. Why in the world are you living beneath what I have called you to be and what I have called you to do? Why don't you leave all of that behind and come after me? If this is spoken to you tonight, and you can say, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in a dry, barren place. I want to walk into the fullness of what God has called me to do. I just want you to step out of your seat and just there's enough place up here we can social distance, all that kind of all that kind of stuff if you if you need to. But if you can say, I I I don't want I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be stuck. I want, I want to walk into the fullness of what God has for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank you.